Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We're talking about authenticity um, today. We've been, we've been doing a series on the different values of our church, what we're about, who we are, um, because, I mean, we, we wouldn't want to be doing anything that's not kind of based on uh, the teaching of what we have in the Bible. And uh, we're just pulling out certain values that we know um, we need to continue to be, uh, like really make sure that, that we are building these into our church. And that's why I'm preaching into it. But you're going to find that you relate to today's sermon. Who, 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 who doesn't like people who aren't authentic? <laughs> you know, people who come across fake, shallow. You know, they come across as like, you're just like, ah, you've got an agenda. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, know, I know you're just laying it on too thick right now. Right? There's just too much here. It's too good to be true. Who knows what I'm talking about? And we live in a city, city of hustlers, right? And ain't nothing wrong with hustling. If you don't know how to hustle and you live in Bombay, you're going to learn. You're going to learn because it's like sink or swim type of place. I've learned that. I come from Perth, a little city of two million people, little Perth boy, you know. Like, just life is easy. I come here and it's like everyone's hustling. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> In amongst all of that, you start to learn who's authentic and who's not, right? Who's in it for real, who's not? And uh, you can get, sometimes I guess you can get a little jaded as well about these things. You can get a little hurt and can get tough sometimes. The reason I'm talking about authenticity today is I want to talk about it in terms of how Jesus taught about it, how the others who taught about Jesus and what he taught, how they taught about it, because the Bible has this interesting spin on authenticity that we probably naturally wouldn't think of otherwise. I mean, the world would say to be authentic is to be okay with yourself as you are, and approach the world like that, not trying to cover anything up, right? To be okay with yourself. Who, who, who doesn't, you know, who agrees that that's an okay value? That's a pretty good value, right? It says, no trick question. I'm not going to slap you or anything like that for, you know, you're like, I don't know if I agree or not. Is he going to trick me? No, it's fine, you know. It's, it's good to, to, to be okay with yourself. To be a person who is able to walk into any circumstance um, you know, in front of people whom um, others might find threatening or overwhelming or whatever, and just be yourself in front of them. That's a, good, that's a good thing to go for. That's not a bad thing to go for. I'm okay with myself. But when you talk about it in terms of authenticity and the Bible, the Bible adds in this different spin. That's actually, when you actually study it, um, it's a relief. It's, it's actually, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Because who knows that as authentic as we would like to be, um, well, I'll just talk about myself. I'm not going to put this on you. I'll talk about myself for a minute. As authentic as I would like to be, there is things that I still struggle with. There is stuff that I wish wasn't there. There are struggles, there are trials that I go through 
as a person, as a human being, that I don't go through in strength, I go through in weakness. And I mess up. And I drop the ball. And I wish that it wasn't like that. But these are the things about myself that I wish I could hide. Right? These are the things about myself that, well, I want to be authentic to a level, but not too authentic. Because if, like what Gorov was tapping into something, I think, in the Holy Spirit today, when he was talking about vulnerability and, you know, if you let a person really know you, they may take advantage of you. You know, I don't want people to know too much about me, right? So it's this dichotomy. We want to be authentic. We want to be real. We want to approach all of our relationships through the lens of being authentic and, you know, it's okay, I've got my struggles, I've got my stuff on, but it's okay, you know, you can take me as a, you know. But at the same time, there are certain things that we wish we could cover. And this is part of the human condition, right? There's two streams of authenticity that we're kind of forced to present ourselves with. And the first one is the one that you find the most, okay? And it's this dream. It says, it says this. It says, I've worked out a few things in life so I can help you from the position I've got myself to. I've had some trials. I've had some struggles. I've had some wins. I used to be this, but now I'm this. So therefore, I can help you based on what I now am. Okay? That's a form of authenticity, a person who's willing to say, you know what, once upon a time, I was a dot, 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 and once upon a time, I used to dot, 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 but now I've, I'm different because of dot, 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 and therefore I can help you because I'm better now. Are you with me or did I lose you? Yeah. Sorry, I'm too many dot, dot, dots. <laughs> I can help you because I'm stronger than you. I can see you're weak, but I'm strong. I used to be weak, but now I'm strong. Right? Now, now this isn't such a bad way to approach authenticity, but there is something missing. There is something missing. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the second form of authenticity. And this is the, the form of authenticity that, the, that Christ teaches us. It's this. I'm still broken. I've got issues too. Let me show you my source of strength through all of this. I'm still broken. I've got issues too. Let me show you my source of strength. Now, let's just for a moment imagine... I'm your life coach. You've come to my office to sit down and get some life coaching. Which one of these two options would be more compelling for you? I used to be, but now I'm really strong. Therefore, I can help you. Or, I still got issues. I still got stuff going on. But I know I have a source of strength. Which one would you go for? 
Number two, right? Why is that? Because, well, it's real. It's authentic. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the funny thing in life is this. <laughs> we, we, uh, and I'm only, I'm, I'm only going on based on the, the I'm a human being too, and I, I know how I sometimes foolishly think that people can't see my issues. Right? Because I've got so many good things going on. Right? I've got my career. I've, I've got my... I mean, I'm a pastor, you know, so I've got a church. I've got, you know, I've got a family. and I've got some wins going on, you know. So therefore, everyone's just looking. Just look that way, okay? But, but, but human beings are crafty things that can see the other one's faults. We can, I mean, we can always see it. Right? I mean, it's like when you, 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 you know, like you think, you, you put on those shoes and they're dirty, right? You put on those shoes and they're dirty. Now, because you're not looking down all the time, and uh, you can't really see it, because that's not where you're looking. You're looking at everything else. But then everybody, you know, so you've put those shoes on, and then someone says, maybe, maybe it's your wife says, eh, your shoes are dirty just as you're about to walk into that venue that you're, and you're all of a sudden you're self-conscious about your shoes. Everybody else can see your shoes and they've got dirt on them, but you, because you don't want to see it, right? And this is, this is how we are as human beings. My wife doesn't do that, okay? I'm just, <laughs> just examples, okay? Rachel is an amazing wife and I love it a bit. She's over there, right over there. We think that we can dress up our weakness. We think that we can cover our weakness. And this is, this is why we, when, when someone says, look, you know, I, I used to struggle with all of this sort of stuff, but now I'm better, and, and therefore I can help you. We might be grateful for their offer, but that in the depths of their heart, we know, and I think our hearts begin to search for what it is that's weak about them because we know that's not possible. Any human being, doesn't matter who they are, it does not matter who they are. If you spend a few moments, you know, in my position as a pastor, as a preacher, and I guess you could put, maybe categorize me and, you know, these motivational speakers and other people out there that do all these sorts of teachings, you know, any of these people, you spend a bit of time with them, you'll see that they're broken. You'll see it. It's like it doesn't take long. It probably takes about a day. We're like, oh, that's weird. And, and with pastors, this is actually sometimes, I have to be careful because I'm, I'm just like, I'm Australian, and Australians speak their minds sometimes, and I just like speak out stuff, and people are like, wow, he shouldn't be saying that, he shouldn't be doing that, he shouldn't be talking like that, he's a pastor, you know? But, and, it, and it's, it's, it's I, I, I do try my very hardest to hold up the office that I, that, I, that I hold, but let me tell you something, I am a broken human being. And my source of strength isn't my righteousness or my ability to do the right thing all the time. That's not my, that's what, not what I stand on as a preacher to you today. That's not, right? It's something else. 
So Paul, who wrote, if you don't know this, 70% of the New Testament, he, he, he talks about this. Now, just to give you an idea, if, you know, Paul is a guy who wrote 70% of the Bible, plus when you talk about people coming to know Christ and beginning to walk with him, this guy Paul was like instrumental in thousands of people. In fact, we stand on his shoulders in terms of how God could use a person to make a difference in society. Um, anything that we do as a church, we stand on his shoulders. We, we use a lot of his teaching that he had received to teach the church all the time. So here's Paul. Um, and in, who knows that within these circles that we're in right now, he's a bit of a big deal. Well, you know, let me read to you from um, 2 Corinthians, which is one of the letters that he wrote, um, chapter five, 4. And we're going to read from verse 5 through to 10. He says this. For what we preach is not ourselves. <laughs> we've all got something to preach, right? We've, 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 we've all got a soapbox that we stand on, don't we? Like, and, and sometimes it, these, these are, these are self-appointed things. Like, I, I'm this, therefore I can stand upon this a platform. Or is it just me? Is it just me or is it... Right? And we've got this platform that we, we, we put ourselves on and we say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm this. So therefore, you should probably listen up. Probably. But Paul, he says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay? We don't preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus. And ourselves as your servants... For Jesus' sake. Now, this to the listeners would have just been like, what is he talking about? Because they all knew who Paul was. I mean, this is a big deal. This is a, and he's talking himself as being a servant? That's weird. Aren't we meant to... See, he's like the priest type guy. Aren't we meant to serve him? Aren't we meant to bring our offering to him? Aren't we meant to be doing stuff for him? And here he's talking about us, 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 us being served by him? What's that about? I don't understand. For God, verse 6, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have, I love this, I love this. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite scriptures. I think I say that every week, but anyway. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I want to focus in on verse 7 where it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay 
to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That is really interesting how Paul uses a jar of clay to explain what he's talking about. You know the thing with the jar of clay? You ever dropped one? You ever dropped a glass? You ever dropped something ceramic? What happens? It breaks, right? You ever tried to fix something that you've accidentally broken, like your mother's antique pot that was passed down from grandma and you were running through the house and you were the one that knocked it off its little podium, little boom, and you thought maybe you know you could salvage that thing so you get the super glue or elephant glue or whatever you want to call it out and uh, <laughs> have you ever had your fingers stuck together with super glue? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's one of those weird human... Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, my feet, I can't get my feet. Anyway. Um, and and you, you, you... Who's done this? And you put it back together, right? And at the very end, you look at it and it kind of looks like it once did, but it's not the same. <laughs> like even if you do a really, real job, really, really good job, there's going to be some this like that glue. It get dries on the surface, and you can see it. And uh, there's like there's that there's a few pieces that you they went somewhere. There's little shards and. Like, it's like, I know that piece. And it's like, there's a hole now. There's a hole. You can see through it. There's a, there's a crack in it. It's cracked. No matter how hard you try it, that earthen vessel is broken. And it's been put back together. Paul uses this analogy because this is like us. Who knows that life breaks us? Who knows that you know, as children being brought up by parents who do their best, but I know that for me, no matter how hard I try, in some way I'm going to break my kids. And I'm not looking at anyone right now, okay, so don't take me, but I'm not looking at it, I'm just looking across the crowd, okay? Because I know that, oh, he's preaching about my parenting. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just making an example. And the example is this. I know that growing up, we can get broken. And once you are broken, there'll always be a crack. There'll always be a crack. There'll always be something that was there that's not. It should be, but it's not. And, and we can spend our lives trying to make that better. But no matter what, <laughs> like that earthen vessel, it's just people can see it. You know, you have your, your friends over and that vase that you broke is back on the podium. Mum and dad have looked at it and they go, oh, it's not the same, it's a bit sad, but anyway, we'll put it back. And, uh, you know, auntie such and such comes over and she, she wanted that vase because, you know, it was a family heirloom. 
And she had her eyes on it when, when Papa died. But you got it. And so she walks over to that and she checks it every time. Every time she comes to your house, she checks it. She comes over and she says, oh, it's broken. And the person who broke it, you know, you're sitting there going, it was me, it was me. Oh, you broke it. And she sees it, like from the other side of the room. She can see it. Oh, what's going on here? It's, the jar's broken. No matter how much you try, that jar is broken. It's been put back together, but it is broken. Paul uses this analogy. He uses it, an earthen vessel, a clay pot, to illuminate something to us, to help you to understand something. You can't cover your brokenness. You, you can't. People can see it. God can see it. You're not going to cover your brokenness with your achievements, with your, with your staff, with all of the, your accolades, and you know, your, your travel schedule, and your money, and your car, or how good your kids are, how bad your kids are, I don't know, whatever. Your clothes. These are all not bad things, they're all good things, but you're not going to cover your brokenness. Don't think that you're ever going to cover your brokenness with all that stuff. But what we do, <laughs> that's exactly what we do. It's exactly what I think I can do sometimes. I get tricked to thinking that people can't see my brokenness because of all of my stuff. But, but they can. And God can. And here's Paul saying, we've got this treasure in these earthen vessels. What he's saying is this. He's saying it's okay that you're broken. That's what he's writing to these people in Corinth. It was a letter to a church in Corinth saying, it's okay, guys. It's okay that you're broken. Now, I'm not saying, don't take me the wrong way here. I'm not, it's not, he's not saying you have an excuse to be broken, so therefore just go and start breaking everything because you're broken, it's all good. You know, it's not what he's saying. I'm broken, it's okay. You know, I can... No, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this is okay. It's okay. Stop trying to cover it. Stop trying to make something of yourself that really nobody's buying into except yourself. You're only fooling yourself when you think nobody can see your brokenness. But what's the answer in all of this? Well, he, he, he says, but we have this treasure. We have a treasure. We have a treasure. There's a treasure in the midst of all that brokenness, in the center of it all. Hmm. They can only be seen. They can only be seen because you are broken. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying... You're broken. In verse 7, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. There is power. There is an ability. 
There is something in God, in Jesus, that will help you actually to push on through and to be victorious in life. But let me tell you something. It's not in the covering of your brokenness. It's in the leaving of your brokenness. And if you try and cover up your brokenness, you know what you're covering up? What you're actually covering up? It's the power of God. And you, you, you know, it's like, you're meeting people and you're like, okay, hi, how are you? Uh, my, my name is, I mean, oh, whoops. And you're always trying to cover those parts that are, that are broken. But you know what you're doing is you're covering up the light. You're covering up the fact that God is still working in and through you. You're covering up the fact that, that you are actually punching above your weight even though... You are broken. See, when people begin to see you as you are, and they see you like, hold on, this person's, I mean, they've got some insecurities. Hold on, they've got some stuff that's going on in their world that's not right. They've got some relationship problems. They've got some, they've got some issues going on over here. And we're, these are all the things we want to cover up. Like, oh, I don't want anybody to see these. And you know, can I just speak to those who, of us who have been in around this kind of environment, the church environment for a long time. We, we, we do this in church life. We, we do this. We expect of people not to be broken. And we get really surprised when they are. When they go and do something where you're like, whoa, what's that about? Hmm, that's uh, showing up some brokenness. And, and sometimes we get a little bit victorious about these things. It's not people that aren't in church. There's only church people. You can, you know, I'm just talking to the church people right now. You can, if you're with a church person, you can nudge them and say, this is for you. <laughs> you know, we, we, we see sister such and such and her kids have gone crazy and we say, hmm, we'll see. I knew that they were... Or we see, you know, we see, you know, brother, brother such and such, and all of a sudden we find out that, well, he's been drinking a little bit too much, you know. Or, 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 or you know, brother and sister got married, and four, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever, and well, now there's there's marriage problems. I heard, I heard. You know, I heard that, and you know, well, they get up and they, they, they preach sometimes and they've done the communion and this and that and this and that. <laughs> and we point out their brokenness. <laughs> and we lose the point because we're like, they shouldn't be broken. They shouldn't be clay vessels. They shouldn't be clay pots. They should be better. They should know better. We forget the fact that authenticity is not about us being complete. But authenticity is being okay with the fact that we are broken. And that's why we're together. That's why we're with God. And, and our brokenness is the light, is, is, is what gives the light the ability to shine through. I love lamps. My wife, Rachel, has a very nice addiction to candles. Whenever I travel, or if we travel, if we travel, or whenever I travel, I just know it's a given that even though those things weigh a ton, we're going to be carrying candles. 
I'm okay with it. I've settled that score. It's all good. <laughs> Self-preservation. <laughs> but isn't it nice when you put a candle in a clay pot with holes in it? And you put it against the wall and you can see that thing just the light coming through and just lighting up a wall, making a room beautiful. You know what, that, that's, that's what Jesus wants to do through your brokenness. Yeah, we, we as people, we've we got to stop trying so hard. We've just got to let Jesus be Jesus. He is the light, not us. To me, that's authentic. I'm more compelled by that. Because I know we're all broken. But in the center of it, see, this is what Jesus does. He comes in. He puts himself in us. He's the treasure. He's the perfect one. He's the righteous one. He's the holy one. He's the one that died for our sins, that made us right with him, with God, so that we could have a relationship with him. And, 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 and he is the one that begins to shine through us and give us strength. And, and this is what Paul says. He says, for we who are alive are always being given over. Oh, sorry. We ca always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. What's that talking about? Well, the death of Jesus, the death of Jesus we, that we carry was the death for what? The judgment of sin. The death of Jesus was the moment where Jesus took upon himself the sin of you and I. The death of Jesus was the death of the things that you try to cover. The death of Jesus was the death of their effect and the consequences that were there for your brokenness. The death of Jesus means the death of brokenness. Now, if Jesus had just stayed dead, that would have been a problem for you and I, but he didn't. He came to life. So we carry that death in us. So it's all good, man. I'm okay with my brokenness because it's dead in Christ. And when something is dead in Christ, when you say that, the dead in Christ is different to dead in anything else because the dead in Christ means there is a resurrection. When you say Jesus died, you're also seeing, saying Jesus rose again. We, the reason why we, we remember and do communion and celebrate Easter and all of these sorts of things is, is, is the fact that Jesus rose again. The whole of our walk with Christ actually comes back to that moment where Jesus rose again because in him we are made whole. And that is the light that shines through. And then we have this relationship with him as a result of that death. And we carry that in our bodies. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. Let's, and Paul takes it a step further. Okay, in, in, um, in 2 Corinthians 12, um, verse 6 to 10... He says, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool. 
Where am I? Sorry. Because I would be speaking the truth. Now, let me tell you something about Paul. He was an accomplished man. In terms of his game, he was at the highest of his game. In terms of that culture right back then, Paul would have been extremely rich. He would have been extremely powerful, extremely connected. He was sorted. He had things to boast about if he wanted to, but he is saying, I'm not boasting about those things, although I could. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Because it's what you do and say where your brokenness shows through. He's, he's worked it out. He's worked out the fact that his stuff, all of his accomplishments, all of who he is, isn't, isn't enough to make up for the things that he does and says. And, 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 or, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, these re- revelations that he had of what we are reading. Therefore, in, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, and here's where it gets a little interesting. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, I want you to hear this, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in... Where's the power of God? Is it in your ability to overcome? Is it in your ability to make yourself righteous? Is it in your ability to be a better person? Is it in your ability to think positively and to overcome negative thoughts? Is it in those abilities? Where is the power of God? In weakness. You know, you won't find this anywhere else in any other teaching. You won't find it. It's just not there. Think of this that it's okay for you to be broken and it's that brokenness that is essential to the power of God himself. That's powerful to me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. You know, he wrote this while he was in a jail. (laughs) So that Christ's power may rest on me. Who wants the power of God in their world? Might be time to start boasting about your weaknesses instead of your accomplishments. I'm not saying that that's what you need to start doing. That's not the point. It's a matter of the heart. It's, it's, it's a matter of the center of where you're falling, where you're going. It's a matter of priority and how you think. Oh man, this is so challenging even for me as I read this. I want God's power. I want it like all of us want God's power. If you want God's power, you've got to start getting okay with your weakness. You've got to start getting okay with your brokenness. You've got to start getting okay with the things that you can't overcome. And you've got to stop trying to cover them up. You've got to stop because that's the one thing that you will just continue to block the light 
you know, put some duct tape over the thing, you can put some stuff over it, and it, but the, the treasure will stay within and never come out. And people will always be like, you know, you know and I've seen this for, for, for people who come to, to here and they, they start to have some wins, and people do. God starts doing some stuff in their world as a result of this relationship. You can't hang around with Jesus and not have him affect you. you he affects everything. He gets in there and things start to change. But let me tell you something. The mistake people make is this. They go, well, I, you know, before I went to, you know. And they tell it to their friends who don't know Jesus yet in the hope that they mean well. But they're actually, they're not thinking. Uh, Well, you know, before I knew Jesus, I was just such such and such. I mean, you knew me, right? You knew me. I was just a ding dong. I didn't have it together. And, and, and the people are like, yes, you were, yes, you were, yes, it's very true, I knew, I know, I know, I know, you, you were. And, and, then, and then they say, but I'm better now. And all their friends go, hmm, are you? Still look the same to me, just a bit more positive about it. So they can still see your, bro- they can still see your brokenness. You know, don't do that. (laughs) The better thing to do would be say, you know what? I was all of that. And I know nothing will ever change that. But I have this source of strength that I want you to know. Because no matter what I struggle through, no matter what my trials are, no matter what the things I go through in life, I've got this one thing that helps me walk through it all. And it's not just a thing, it's a, it's a he. It's a person. His name is Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Your friends, your, 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 your loved ones, will be far more compelled to know about that because it's not about you. It's about him. And the light can begin to shine. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Because they're the moments when I'm weak, I'm strong. And my friends and my people around me, they see it and they go, how are they getting, how are they, they're punching above their weight. They're doing more than they ever did before. Oh, I can't believe it. You know, this is going on in this, their world and that's going on in their world and they've got this thing on and that thing on and yet they haven't lost their minds. I would have lost my mind. What is it about them that they've got that I need? It's Jesus. He's the treasure. That's why we're here, right? So don't think people can't see the cracks. Don't think for a moment that they can't see your brokenness. They can. Be okay with them because they're they're the windows for people to see the glory of God through. Your brokenness is where Jesus wants to come in. He wants to fill it, not with putty, but with light. I want his light shining through my life. If there's one thing I can do, 
when Jesus takes me home, if they can say this about me, Ryan's life, he was broken, but through those cracks, God's life and light shone. If we could all be like that, I'm telling you, we'll change this nation. Because it's about God. It's about Him. He's amazing. It's Jesus. And He wants to shine through everyone's world and life and everything. And, and this, is, this is authenticity. To be broken and let God's light shine. Your brokenness is the window in your soul for others to see Jesus at work. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 